There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome back to another edition of NFL Friday, WFUV Sports NFL podcast where we talk all things football. I'm Kelly Bright. This is my first time A hosting the show. I got the pleasure of doing it with Mike League in a few weeks back. So I'm honored that they brought me on again for this episode, especially when the biggest game in a very long time for a Patriots fan is happening in just a few hours. And I'm also happy to have on the show with me today, Nick Feta as our B host, and then Will DeFusca as our C host and fantasy expert who's also a Patriots fan. So it's two on one versus Nick today. Nick, as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm really excited to work with you today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready to counter you guys. You know, it's, it's Pat's heavy, but I've always, you know, the Giants always have had that leverage, I guess, with the two Super Bowl wins. But all that stuff we can get into maybe later, but I'm happy to be on and ready to talk some football. You had, I mean, every time I talk to a Giants fan, I know exactly what argument. Yeah, it has to be brought up. You can't not. I, I, bring up the you two have wins. to. I, I respect it. I respect Eli. It was unfortunate that they had his ceremony, his halftime ceremony, this past weekend because, wow, what what a way to remember him in in such an ugly loss. Uh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's jump right into it. I just brought it up. Let's start with the Giants. And actually, before we dive into the New York Giants. I just want to say that I, I want to, my heart goes out to New York football fans because right now New York football is bad. And th there's literally no other way to put it in my mind. I, New York football is struggling. They're, they're having a bad time. So I, I want to say a prayer for them, but I also want them to know that as a Patriots fan, I'm also struggling and I'm also nervous about this weekend. So Really, we are all in this together, and that's what sports are, right? They're they're unifying, and so we are all going to be in pain this weekend, but we're going to do it together. But let's speaking of pain, let's talk about this week three loss to the Falcons. Giants lose 17-14. Their, their second consecutive heartbreaking loss that came down to the end. Uh, two touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Giants actually scored first. They were up 14-7 to at half. I mentioned they had the Eli Manning ceremony john mara was getting booed by the crowd at his during his speech uh during the halftime ceremony they come back out the the defense couldn't hold on to the lead the offense struggled like they have for a while falcons were able to win on a 40-yard field goal as time expired and nick as a giants fan uh, this to me this was a game they needed to win i mean the falcons gave up 80 points 
in their first two games. The Giants really needed this one to shift the momentum for their season. What went wrong? Yeah, I mean, it was a typical Giants, I think. Uh, what went wrong, I don't even know how you can get started with that question. It's it's like you kind of covered. The, the offense doesn't really get going. They, they take too long. And then if they get off the field in a three and out, or maybe they get one first down and are forced to get off the field right after, the defense is on the field for too long. And and what really kind of bothered me, I, I guess, with that game is, sure, you lose a really tough one to the football team in week two. You get a whole week, I guess 10 days technically, to rest, regroup, recover. You're at home for Eli's ceremony. And you're playing the Falcons, who are also 0-2, who have been a very horrible team the past two and a half seasons. And they walk in and they win on a game-winning field goal. So it's it's especially the fact that the Giants have lost back-to-back games on game-winning field goals is very heartbreaking. Uh, but it really is then the fact that the Giants are now the only 0-3 team in the NFC East with one loss to a division rival. It, it's it's tough to see as a as a fan through through three games of this season, I guess trying to have to compete and, and bounce back against some of these teams who are who are just simply playing better football right now. And and Will, I'll go to you with this question. Now the final score is 17-14. When I see that score of 17 the Falcons, I don't put the blame on the defense in the situation. If you look at the scores for all the other games across the league during this week, this this set of week three games, 17 points would have gotten you a win 80% of the time. So I, I really don't know if the defense is really at fault in this situation. So so will what is is this on offense? Is this on Jason Garrett? Is which is this more on the offense? Do you think? Would you agree with me? Yeah, I think it's more on the offense because the Falcons' offense itself isn't very good. The Giants' defense played pretty well. Uh, the Giants' offense just hasn't been able to get anything going. Uh, Saquon hasn't been able to get much going either. And with all those offseason additions, you would have thought the Giants would have been a little better offensively, um, but they're not. And Daniel Jones isn't taking that many steps forward either. Uh, and their schedule doesn't get any easier. Uh, they're playing the Saints, the Cowboys, the Rams, and those are all tough games against really good teams. They could be 0-6 pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And that's why I said this is a game was definitely a must-win for them because they've played three very beatable teams and come out on the short end every single time. Now, you mentioned Daniel Jones and you mentioned Saquon, and those are two players, Nick, Nick I'll, I'll let you speak on this too, but those are two players that you really – you really almost like the Jets too, which we're going to talk about later. You really want to see progress out of those two players. Saquon coming back from those injuries. Daniel Jones, obviously still a young quarterback in this league. Both players didn't play bad necessarily. Saquon, 16 rushing attempts, 51 yards, one touchdown, and actually six receptions. Daniel Jones, no interceptions, but two fumbles, 266 yards. So is there? Would you call this a moral victory even for Daniel Jones and Saquon and, and, and the offense for the Giants in the situation? Like, is that even? Are we even still using that terminology? Like, is there anything positive from the two of them after this game? No, I, I would say not at all. I mean, it, you can look back to to Week Two where they ran plenty of read options, and that was the best offensive production they had with with uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon kind of working together there, throwing off the defense. To score 17 points against the Falcons, who also have a horrible, horrible defense, uh, is is atrocious. I get it. The Giants lost, and that's really going to be devastating in, in this upcoming week as well. They lost Darius Slayton and, and Sterling Shepard mid-game, two of your better receivers. Uh, but but still, I think that's a game where the Giants are supposed to manage and, and kind of fight and scrap out a victory. And again, they do that. They're 1-2. and two. They're not looking at 0-3. And, and maybe, 
I mean, I, I highly doubt it, but maybe you go and you play New Orleans and you can somehow get a win and even yourself at 2-2. Two and two. Giants should be 2-1, and one, but they, they're looking like they're going to be 0-4 after this week, if, if I have to be brutally honest. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's hard to watch these games and not look at the coaching in the situation. I mean, it, it's like Jason Garrett's game plan. He has it ready for the first, I don't know, first quarter. And then after that, it's a free-for-all. The, the Giants had 30 plays in the first quarter of this game, six in the second quarter. And then the rest of the game, he played, he ran 30 different plays in total. So you have 36 plays, 36 plays, first half, 32nd half and and that's that's just not going to cut it you have joe judge he's giving the ball back to the opponent with two minutes ago falcons had three timeouts instead of going for it on fourth down that's i mean it's fourth and nine so maybe maybe that shows that joe judge doesn't trust jason garrett to move the chains with that offense but it just seems like the decision making and time management game game you know all three weeks has not been good so uh will is this how much of this falls on the coaching and I think a little bit of it falls on the coaching, but at some point you also can't, um, as a coach, get much more out of a player who may not be as talented as he thought he was, and that's Daniel Jones. I mean, two more fumbles. He's got more turnovers than games played, and he can't really win football games with that many turnovers. Uh, their offense can't really move the ball. Like Nick said, that defense for Atlanta is not very good. I just don't think they have the players to win a lot of games this year. That's a great stat. You just shared more more turnovers than games played. That's not, not what you want to see. That's not what you want to see. But and, and you, we kind of talked about the Saints game, and, and I do, I do want us to go over that and preview that. But I also want to, I want to step back for a second and look at this team in the past decade. Now they went nine and seven, seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten, eleven and five. Then they post that boat picture. They get wiped out in the playoffs, and since then. They've gone three and thirteen, five and eleven, four and twelve, six and ten, and now zero and three, possibly about to go zero and four. So this is a team that really, really, for the sake of its fans and everyone else involved, they really need to find a way to move the needle. They really need to find some way to shift the momentum. And I, I guess Nick, I'll go to you. Do you see this Saints game as a way for them to do that? Do you think there's any possibility they pull out? A win or at least have one of those moral victories in this game uh i'm, I'm gonna say no as much as i would love to say yes uh, as a fan i guess to be honest and, and and realistic there's no way um if i had to give some sort of hope i would say Jameis winston is not as good as people think he is for the saints mm-hmm. um maybe he gets into some trouble uh but the giants you know they're they're very obviously the giants are not a great football team it's no secret the saints are a much better football team that's no secret as well uh, but then you can even look at, at just the logistics of it. Like I said before, Slayton and Shepard will be out. They got ruled out, uh, I think, very recently, actually. Uh, and Blake Martinez is done for the season, arguably the best defensive player for the Giants. So it's it's very, very hard for me to say that they have any chance in winning this game. Um, as much as I would love to, I just I just really just can't see it happening. Yeah, I, those injuries you mentioned are key. I, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. Blake Martinez going out in week three. That's not going to be good for this Giants defense that's already pretty banged up. And, and a team that's already been banged up, you mentioned uh, Slayton and Shepard. And Tay Crowder is going to have to step up 
big time. He's our second year linebacker. He was the final selection of the 2020 NFL draft and he's played pretty well so far, but he's certainly not Blake Martinez. So they're definitely going to have to find a way to fill that hole. Now looking at this week four matchup with the saints, the saints, the saints have yet to throw for as many as 200 yards in a game with James Winston as quarterback. So they're not an offensive powerhouse, which might be good for a giant, this giants defense. I mean, they're also as much as the giants are hurt, the saints interior line is also banged up. So maybe there's a way to exploit that. Uh, Will best case scenario for this, this giant team, what's a key to the game for them and able to find a way to be successful? Well, I'd say the like everyone counted the Saints out when Drew Brees retired, but the real strength of the Saints is their running game and their defense. So I think you got to key in on Alvin Kamara. He's still a top five running back in the NFL. And I don't really know how you deal with the defense with those wide receivers out, but you just have to avoid the turnovers against the Saints defense that they take, they take the ball away a lot and they also prevent you from scoring touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. And looking at the Saints defense, you know, they, they don't have a lot of big name, name guys. They don't, there's no Von Miller, Miles Garrett, Chiefs Young. They, they don't have these big name guys, but they, they're consistently aggressive and disruptive and it's paid off for them. I mean, you look at the stats so far in their games, they played the Green Bay receivers had 0.3 yards after catch. Uh, P- Panthers 1.4 yards after catch and the Patriots again under 1.8 yards after catch. So the, the giant, uh, the, I'm sorry, the saints do a great job stopping uh, yards after catch. And I think that's going to be tough for this giants team that like you've both mentioned are dealing with injuries and they, they don't have a lot of offense on their side. Uh, before we beat this into the ground, Nick, one more thing is what are you looking for out of Daniel Jones this game? He's aiming for his, actually his fifth game in a row with a 90-plus passer rating. He has a rush touchdown in two of his three games this season. He's going up against a Saints defense that, you know, they're pretty good, but they're not amazing. What are we? What are your expectations for Daniel Jones in this game? Uh, I guess to start, like Will said, limit the turnovers because uh, obviously you turn the ball over. There's just more opportunities for the other team to score. Uh, but that's simple, and that's, I think, always a focus for Daniel Jones. Um, but I want to see, you know, the receivers are out. I want to see him work on those read options more. Uh, when he played against Washington, he looked confident and aggressive. It was a different Daniel Jones out there, and I think that guy needs to return and come back because he didn't look that way against the Falcons. Um, again, I don't think they'll win if this Daniel Jones shows up. But if he does, that's something you could be happy about as a fan, at least, to see that your quarterback is still aggressive, confident, and not giving up. Well, we will give our final picks on that game later when we get into our pick'em segment, but we're going to move from one bad New York football team to an arguably worse New York football team. That's up to, uh, I guess that's up for debate, but they're both so bad that I don't think it really matters. So let's talk Jets now. The Jets had an even more embarrassing loss, a 26-0 loss to the Broncos in week three. The Broncos had two one-yard touchdowns and a bunch of field goals. Obviously, the Jets could not find the end zone a single time. The the Broncos shut down Trevor Lawrence, and then they, in their first game, then they pick off Wilson twice in that last one. Jets fans, I thank God none of us are on the show right now, but oh my God, I am so sorry. They just want to see progress. They just want to see something. They, they, this is a team that has been quote-unquote rebuilding for 20 years or something like that literally since 
since Broadway Joe left their team like 40, 50 years ago, they have been rebuilding. So, uh, Nick, we'll go back to you. Takeaways from this loss to the Broncos for the Jets. Anything good? Anything really egregiously bad that stood out to you? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I guess, like I said with the Giants, but even worse, I don't know what you can take away positive from this. Uh, maybe the Broncos are better than people think, uh, but they've also played the Giants and Jets. Uh, so that's something I think maybe, again, I don't know, maybe give a little more credit to the Giants and Jets and the fact that the Broncos are a very good team. Their defense is very solid. That is something that I think is tough for, for Zach Wilson and the Jets to kind of have to overcome. Uh, but it just, everything I saw in that game was, was abysmal. It was terrible. Uh, I don't really know if I could find a highlight. Uh, when you don't put a point on the board, when you give up more than, I don't know, I say 26 points is a little above average for a game. Uh, it's just, it's ugly. It was just really, really ugly. And, and I think that was very bad for not only the confidence, but I guess the, the momentum and hopes that the Jets had at all for maybe winning a couple games here. I, I really wouldn't be surprised, call it a hot take, but they may only win a game or none this whole year with the way they're playing right now. I think that's putting it nicely. <laughs> Honestly, I, I went yeah. to you first because because I didn't have any positives to take away from this no. game. I mean, you just look across the board. Their quarterback is um, Zach Wilson has been very disappointing. Uh, the O line is even more disappointing. The wide receivers, tight ends, Corey Davis can't catch a ball, and they're paying him what thirty-seven point five mil for three years. He just got paid big money. You got to make easy catches, not even big catches. He, he can't do that. Their defense might be, honestly, their only positive. And even, uh, and that's only just because their offense is so bad. And I want to throw some stats out there because I saw a tweet today that, that was basically describing just how bad this Jets offense has been. So it says, not only are the Jets the worst scoring team in the NFL, but they're the only professional football team that is averaging single digit points per game to the first three weeks of the 2021 season. Uh, they're averaging 250 yards per game, which is third worst in the league. They have the third worst passing offense, fourth worst rushing offense. Yeah. <laughs> Will, I, really, I, I literally, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. What can you, what can you say for the, what is, is there anything for the, the offense to do moving forward is what can they do maybe to help, uh, Zach Wilson develop like what 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 are some more things you're looking for out of this Jets offense well, I don't think it's all Zach Wilson's fault I think his O-line especially mm -hmm. without Becton is kind of weak and I think the only thing you can do this year to help Zach Wilson is protect him uh, make sure he doesn't get injured because that would be a big blow to their future but you just got to keep building this roster this roster is probably the worst one in the NFL um, you just got to get him help and the only way to do that is with time, with more draft picks, but just keep them healthy behind that line this year. I think that's the main goal. Yeah, in terms of protecting him, I'm pretty sure no quarterback has taken more sacks over the first three games than Zach Wilson. He went down five times last week. It'll be interesting when they play the Titans next week, who sacked Carson Wentz twice and added additional 10 QB hits in that game. So. That'll be an interesting matchup moving forward. And we just did this with the Giants a little bit. So I, I want to do the same thing and take a step back, look a little bit big picture with this with this Jets team. I mean, you brought in the new coach in Robert Sala over the offseason. They did go out and spend money. Um, 
did they spend money on the right guys? Did they use the right draft picks? I, that's up for debate. But it, this is another team. I, I mentioned this when we talked about the Giants. This team has been rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. And it seems like every two years we have a new front office. We have a new quarterback. We have yeah, a new hope. And then it just, after the first few games of the season, it all comes tumbling down. So, uh, Nick, is this a situation with the Giants where how much of this falls on the front office and the head coach, the coordinator, O coordinator, how much is it, how much is it falling on the players versus the people who are supposed to be putting those players in a position to win? Yeah. I, I, I want to say it's kind of everyone to blame here. Um, again, you know, it's, it's new. It's, it's, everything basically is new. You have a new head coach, a new quarterback. Uh, I think patience is, is very tough to have here as a, as, as a Jets fan, because of, like you said, how just terrible they've been the past decade. Um, but I, I look at them and I almost, I almost see, I want to see Zach Wilson, I guess, more so kind of making his, not his own decisions necessarily, but kind of mm-hmm. taking control because the only way a, a young kid is really going to get any better is just by, by keep playing. I want to see him throw the football more. Uh, obviously the, 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 the people upstairs, the front office can't do that for him. Uh, that's on Robert Sala. So I, I want to blame I don't know. It's hard to put blame on anyone in particular. I think it has to be a, a, a group effort because almost every facet of this organization has been terrible for the past decade where you can't really point your finger at one person. So I want to say it's kind of collective. Um, but I guess the side note still is when it's like that, let let your main guy kind of do more of, of not his own thing, but let him test test out some things because Zach Wilson has all the potential. But if they limit him, I think like they kind of limited Darnold and obviously – very, very horrible teams around him as well. But you can see now when Darnold has the right things around him, he's playing fantastic. So I think if you let Zach kind of get out there a little more on his own and, and test the waters, they could see something. Not many wins, obviously, but they could see a little more. So I want to put a little more blame, I guess, on the coaching staff for that. Let let the let the rookie see what he's got, basically. I know he's had very rough games, but see what he's got. Let him, let him keep going because you know you're not winning this season anyway. So let him test it out. Let him see really what he can work with what his teammates can work with. Cause that's the only way they can really build and get better. Yeah, they are. And they're rebuilding. They're young. He's young. They have seven rookies who are starting right now. This is, this is, I, this is the third youngest team in the league. So this is a team that is fully in rebuild. So you're right. I think at this point, it doesn't look like you're definitely not making the playoffs. You're definitely not probably going to be a 500 team. So yeah, let him rebuild. I think he still has issues from BYU that he's still working through he's still double clutching a little bit on plays um he's still struggling stepping up in the pocket so he like you mentioned he has potential he just has to find a way to see that through now week four jets are at home they're hosting the tennessee titans two and one derrick henry is basically the tennessee titans offense he's a league leading rusher uh 352 yards 80 carries in three games uh and it looks like he's going to lead the league again in rushing for a third season in a row but one positive we'll we'll give one positive to the jets and that is that they have a pretty decent run defense so this actually isn't the worst matchup for this jets team so uh will how are you expecting that matchup to run out with the jets defensive run defensive front uh williams uh sheldon rankins john franklin myers shepherd i mean it's a pretty solid defensive front how do you expect that matchup to go with the incredible Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry. Well, I think Derrick Henry is still going to get 
probably close to 100 yards. He's probably going to rush for a touchdown. He'll still get, uh, he'll still have a decent game. But I think the Jets will be able to key in more on him with uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones both ruled out uh, for the game. So they'll be able to stack the box. They don't. Tennessee doesn't really have many weapons outside of those AJ Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. So if they can key in on Derrick Henry, then I think they'll be able to contain him of sorts. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. going on the same lines there. Well, I I I love the Jets' run defense. I think that's the only thing I I actually think they do well, like you said, Kelly. And and I guess to see what the Jets can do on offense is really the question in this game because obviously they just got shut out against the Broncos. Uh, so if if you know if the Jets can put something together on offense, maybe a, a quick first score, get a little life. Uh, again, it's it's very hard to say these guys have a chance to win. But maybe something could could go their way, and and maybe a fumble, or maybe a, I don't know, any sort of any sort of wildness that could happen. Because without their two top guys on the on the outside for the Titans, really all they've got is Derrick Henry, and I know that's a lot. But the Jets played run defense well, so it, I think it will be a little more interesting than than a lot of people think. But then again, I could be totally wrong because the Jets are the worst team in football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they are the worst team in football, and I think because of that, I. I believe that the Titans will find a way to maybe pull this one through. But I do think, I think this is an interesting matchup and it's, it low keys in favor of New York. I mean, you mentioned, Will, those injuries to AJ Brown um, and Julio Jones, they, they don't have many receivers after that. Chester Rogers is probably going to be their guy. He caught a touchdown last week. Um, Barely know who he is, but I know he caught a touchdown. That's about it. Josh Reynolds maybe will play. They got Marcus Johnson off of IR. Again, these people that are pretty much no names are going to be their wide receivers. So it really is going to all come down to Derrick Henry, who is a great guy to put uh, the the state of your organization in the hands of. You know, he he is he's the best running back in the league. So uh, it, this is an interesting one. Um, and I think I don't want to say that Jets will win, but they have a chance to at least cover. And I, I think. That's going to be really good for this team. Now, the Titans defense, they aren't that good either. They have three turnovers all season, just one interception, which came in week one. They're pretty good up front. They, they're good at confusing young teams. I, this could be – Nick, I don't know about you, but this – I mean, this could be a game for Zach Wilson to work on arrogant out and developing his uh, deep balls. Again, I, I think it should be. They have no reason not to test it because they are playing for basically nothing but development. Um, yeah. I, I, I really do. The, the Jets games I've watched, it's, I just can't imagine rooting for that team because it's, it's such ugly football. And I think Zach Wilson can potentially be. I remember in week one when they finally got on the scoreboard against the Panthers, he had a fantastic touchdown pass to, to Corey Davis. But that was about the only highlight of the game. For, for the Jets, at least. Then you go week two, they get stomped by the Pats. You go week three, and the Broncos happen. So you're right. This week is a little more of a chance, especially with a, I guess, hobbling Tennessee team. So maybe, you know, let, let them air out. I think there's no reason not to. The Jets' running game is nothing fantastic at all. Neither is their receiving game, of course. But let them throw. Let them test it. See what they've got. It's that simple. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of talking about bad football. So I'm going to move this show along and we're going to go to our resident fantasy expert will defusca is going to give us his starters his sit and a sleeper pick for this week for those of you 
who play fantasy football. I, as a Division One athlete under NCAA, cannot technically compete <laughs> in fantasy football. But for the sake of the show, let's pretend that I can. And Will, I'll go to you. Who are two guys that we should be looking to start on our fantasy teams heading into week four? Uh, well, uh, one of them is Keenan Allen, uh, Chargers receiver. And I think we you have to start him just because of the target volume he's getting. He's got 33 targets in three games. He's got 21 receptions. He seems to get at least 10 targets a game from Herbert. And Herbert really only has two guys to throw to. It's either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. And they're playing the Raiders this week, who have a weak pass defense. Uh, it might be a shootout. Uh, so I think Keenan Allen's a pretty safe, safe play. He has a very high floor. Um, might not get as many touchdown looks as Mike Williams, but I think he'll have the receptions and he'll have the yardage versus uh, the Raiders. And my other must start is uh, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh. And I think a lot of fantasy owners were a bit disappointed with his rushing production in the first three weeks. He's only got about 100 rushing yards in three weeks, but last game he had 19 targets out of the back and 14 receptions, which is pretty crazy for a running back. Uh, he's a really good dual threat running back. I think he's got a high floor, even though it's Green Bay they're playing this week. I think because of his receptions, he'll be able to get a lot of checkdowns from Ben Roethlisberger, who hasn't been able to air it out much. And Nick, do you want me to do my uh, Nick, Nick, if you'd like to give any comments on those picks first, and then we'll, we'll have you do your sit-ons. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen, I think, is is a wide receiver one, potentially maybe a wide receiver two in, in any fantasy league. Uh, like you said, well, the targets that he gets, especially you play a PPR league, that's a point for every catch. You know, it's it's needed to start a guy like him. So he's, I think, easily must start. And then Najee Harris is, is another guy who I think, you know, it's very interesting because he's, he's still so young, obviously, in his rookie year. And, and the Pittsburgh offense has been very streaky. Um and he didn't exactly do what he was supposed to in last game, but he still managed to get some points. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get in the end zone. He didn't really rush much, but he had, I think, it was 100, 108 receiving yards. Maybe I saw that, or 102. And and you do that again, boom, 10 points right there. So he's definitely a starting back. And I think Pittsburgh is is due for a game to show that they actually are still a pretty solid football team. Uh, so I, I'm loving both of those picks. Yeah, I love the Keenan Allen pick. I, I agree with you. You called it a, sh a shootout uh, between Oakland and L.A., and I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So I love that pick with Keenan Allen. Najee Harris, that's an interesting one. That that kind of threw me. Uh, you're right. He is someone who's going to receive and catch – I mean, run and catch passes, which is very interesting for the Steelers team, especially a team with a quarterback who can't throw the ball far anymore. So he might as well throw it to one of his running backs – uh interesting pick though especially against green bay uh one guy i'm also kind of looking to see is chuba hubbard out of the panthers organization christian mccaffrey out still I, i'm very interested to see what he's able to do as a rookie see if his volume goes up but let's go to sit -ums. who are two guys that we should definitely avoid this week uh, so my first guy is miles sanders i actually just traded him in my fantasy league because last <laughs> week he only had two carries, uh, and it was a blowout. They had to abandon the run early, but two carries. He only had two receptions, and actually, rookie Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles um, outgained him in the receiving area. So that's not a promising sign for a veteran running back when a rookie is able to do your job just as well as you, uh, especially if you're getting paid more to do the same exact thing. 
And um, it's another bad matchup. Uh, they're playing the Chiefs. Uh, so they're going to have to abandon the run early again because uh, I'm expecting them to get blown out. Uh, so it's just not a good matchup for Miles Sanders overall this week. And uh, my other sit is not as many people might start this guy, but Damian Harris, I would say, to sit this week. Um, he had a pretty good start to the season. He had a couple touchdowns. He had a pretty big touchdown run against the Jets. Um, but he has limited receiving upside, and they're playing the Bucks this week, who have the best run defense in the NFL, uh, who are probably going to put up a lot of points. And I don't think Damian Harris is – he's got competition with James White for receiving yards. So I don't think he's a good start this week. Yeah, I I guess – with Miles Sanders, I don't know. I've never really been a fan of him. Maybe it's because I'm a Giants fan and he's with the Eagles. But I don't think he's as good as people say. I would even consider him maybe a borderline flex guy. Um, and his numbers have shown that this year. He hasn't gotten a lot of touches. And he hasn't really produced when he has. So I'm, I've kind of always been on that wave with you there. And then I guess it's something. And maybe I guess as you guys as Pats fans might agree with me. Or you might think I'm crazy. But I don't really love any back from the Patriots. Because Bill Belichick throws a lot of guys in there. Um, so you may get lucky and get a, a two-yard touchdown rush for 6.2 points or whatever it is. But he doesn't rush, I guess, a particular back extremely often to produce at a high level. So I, I agree with that pick, too, especially against the Bucks defense, uh, who's just monstrous against the run. Yeah, I, I agree with both these picks. Miles Sanders actually has been on the sit list twice for NFL Friday in four episodes. So not a good sign for Miles Sanders looking like He's going to be on the bench most of the season at this rate. Damian Harris, I do agree with you as a Pats fan that Bill does not like going with just one running back. Even with James White now out for the season with that hip injury, I don't expect Damian Harris's production to go. It'll increase a little bit, but not that much. And especially, like you mentioned, against a very strong Bucks team and Bucks run defense that uh, we'll get into that game later, but I don't expect it to be uh, a good one for any of the Patriots receivers or backs. So, uh, love those picks. Now, let's finish out this fantasy segment with your sleeper pick. All right, this might be a pretty deep sleeper, but I'm going Jacoby Myers against the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have had a very weak pass defense uh, the first three games. That's why they just signed Richard Sherman. And uh, they got Sean Murphy bunting out again. And although the Patriots offense has struggled the last couple of games, I think the Bucks secondary is just porous enough for Jacoby Myers to potentially have a big game. Jacoby Myers was the number one receiver for them uh, last week, and I think he can continue his production. He gets a lot of targets. He got, gets a lot of receptions. Uh, he had 14 targets last game. Uh, there's a potential for, I think there's a pretty high potential for the Patriots to be down early, which means they'll be throwing off. And so I think Jacoby Myers could be a pretty good sleeper. I like that pick. I, I also have been thinking, I, I don't go much often with a sleeper. I go more so like a boomer bust guy. And for me, I, I don't know. I, I look at a lot of these, a lot of really good receivers have not had a breakout game yet. Um, so I've, I, I've a few guys I've looked at, like Tyreek Hill had a great week one, hasn't really produced in the second and third games. So maybe he could be up there. Maybe a guy like Stephon Diggs against the Texans. Uh, but I really think as, as, as good as Washington's defense usually is, they have not been awesome this year. So I, I like Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. Again, he's not necessarily a sleeper. He's a top receiver usually um, in the league, as he proved last year. But he hasn't really had a big breakout game. Last year, he was awesome for me on my fantasy team. Picked him a couple times as a guy who was just going to boom and, and, and go, and he did. Uh, so maybe not necessarily a sleeper there, but potential boom 
uh, rather than a bus player is is Calvin Ridley for me. It's hard for me to pick uh, to choose a Falcons receiver right now just because of how bad Matt Ryan has been. I mean, I guess they did beat the Giants, so what yeah. do I know? But I, I do like that Jacoby Myers pick. I think you I think you bring up great points there. With I, they're probably going to go down early and they're probably going to result to pass and. The games that I've watched this year from the Patriots, it seems like already Jacoby Myers is Mac Jones' favorite receiver. So that is a connection and a relationship I ex- I expect that will increase and build over time. So I really like that pick. Thank you, Will, for being our resident fantasy expert. Uh, from there, we're going to move to Pika. Now, week four, there are some crazy games on this slate. Obviously, one of the most anticipated games in a very long time. We'll end with that one. But besides that, this was this was hard for me to pick. I'm going to be honest. When I was going through these, there were a lot of games where I went back and forth on on a lot of my choices. I am ten and five currently as a fan, uh, as a pick'em specialist on the show, which isn't great. So I really need to redeem myself this week. And you guys are also going to be joining. Uh, that competition, which is exciting, and I and I am very excited to see uh, how similar all of our picks are. But let's start with uh, first game: Titans and Jets. We just talked about it for a while on this show. We didn't give our picks yet, though. Nick, I'm going to start with you. Titans at Jets. Who do you got? It's the Titans easily. I, I can't even. I don't even think I need to explain anything. Um, it's the Tennessee Titans. Like, just no question. <laughs> All right, Will. Yeah, I'm going Titans too. It's a pretty easy one. Guys, I really wanted to pick a New York team this week just just to do it, and I can't. I that's can't. A, that's a that's a request to lose. If, if, Listen, if you're the, the New York Jets. Exactly, the Jets haven't <laughs> scored a touchdown since Week One. I'm not an idiot. I'm going Titans. All right, moving on. The Chiefs at Eagles. This is this is an interesting one. Will, we'll start with you. I'm gonna go Chiefs. Uh, I think a lot of people are high on the Eagles, but uh, I'm not. I think the Chiefs are going to win that one big. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs also are in desperate need of a win. Uh, they're one and two. They're being, I guess, dethroned in a way. Usually they're the golden boys of the NFL. Uh, they need a win. And the Eagles, like you said, well, they're not that good. Uh, the Cowboys showed that, I think, on Monday night. But the Chiefs should walk into Philly and take this one, I think, with relative ease. Exactly. And Andy Reid's going back to his former home, and he's not going to want to lose there. So I'm also picking the Chiefs. So far, we are we are all on the same page. Let's see if we go three for three. Panthers at Cowboys. Nick, who do you have? Oh, man. This one was hard, and I, I really love what the Panthers have done this season. But without McCaffrey... It's, it's hard for me to say that they're going to be able to compete with the firepower that Dallas has showed. They had 41 against the Eagles on Monday. And I think Dak is really back and, and maybe even better than ever. Who knows? Uh, so as much as it pains me as a Giants fan to say the Cowboys are going to win again, I think they are. Well, I think I'm going to go Cowboys too. Uh, I think the Cowboys offense is actually more balanced than it was in recent years. I think they're a pretty good team. I'm going to go the Cowboys. Well, I'm going to switch it up for the... Uh, purpose of good radio and good podcasting. I'm going to go with the Panthers. They've invested heavily in their defense in the past few years, and it's paying off. They are the top defensive DVOA in the NFL. Um, they can apply a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, who, I yes, he, he's their offense is balanced, but he, they haven't been that impressive, so I could see this as a game where I mentioned 
Chuba Hubbard earlier as a potential sleeper, stardom pick, and I'm expecting expecting him to have a breakout game without Christian McCaffrey there. So I'm gonna go Panthers on this one. And from there, I'm gonna go Giants and Saints again. We talked about this earlier. I think I know where each of you are gonna pick, but Giants fan Nick Fatal, we'll start with you. Um, man, I really <laughs> want to pick the Giants. I really do, uh, but I can't. I just can't. It would be too painful for me, especially to think back to this and say, "Oh, I picked the Giants," but they're not. Gonna win, so the Saints. Oh, loyalty does not lie deep <laughs> with this one. Will, what about you? <laughs> I'm also going to Saints. I, I'm going to third that, not second that. Third that. So Giants. I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. The Saints is a better team. I do think it's an interesting matchup, but the Giants have just struggled as of late. And the Saints are better than Falcons. And that's all that I need to say on that one. So Browns at Vikings. Will, who do you have? I'm going to go Browns on this one. I'm pretty high in the Browns this season. I think they've got a very well-constructed roster, and all, the Vikings might put up points, but I think the Browns can run them out of the building. Yeah, the, the Vikings had a sneakily impressive game against the Seahawks last week. Uh, I think they scored 17 unanswered points, maybe it was. Uh, obviously, that Seahawks defense is nothing like the days of the Legion boom, but it showed promise for the Vikings, but at the same time, I think, like you said, well, Cleveland is a very complete team, finally. Uh, it's about time. And especially, you know, they got Odell back, I think, uh, as a Giants fan. I think he will have some breakout game. Minnesota defense isn't spectacular. Maybe it's this week. So I think Cleveland's going to walk into Minnesota and take I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, Cousins has played really well. He really has. I still don't think he has an interception. But the Browns are just too good. The Vikings are 27th ranked run defense, and the Browns have Hunt and Chubbs, and I, that's the best combo in the NFL, so I'm going with the Browns. Next game, an interesting one. Not, I, I can't imagine this is going to be great football to watch, but Lions at Bears. Nick, who do you I want to pick the Lions. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions. They, they put up a great fight against the Ravens, lost on that tremendous kick by Justin Tucker, uh, NFL record, and the Bears were arguably one of the worst teams to ever beat seen on a football field last week uh that offense performance was really ugly uh it's it's i think a battle of two really not so good teams but i think the lions have been playing with a little more heart and passion this season so i'm going to give detroit the edge yeah i think i'm gonna pick detroit too i think dan campbell's injected some energy to that team and i think that Lions offense is also much better than that Bears offense so i think the lions are gonna be able to put up some points I love disagreeing. I'm going to go with the Bears. Now, hear me out. You're right. Chicago just had literally the worst offensive performance by any team in the NFL this year. They had 47 total yards. They had one, a single net yard of passing offense in four quarters. Uh, Coach Matt Nagy after the game said it's almost so bad you can't make it up. Um, but for that reason, I don't think it could literally get any worse than last game. And for that reason, I'm picking the Bears to bounce back because they literally can't play any worse. And they have to bounce back. So I'm going to go with the Bears on that one. So next, we have Texans at the only New York football team worth watching. Texans at Bills. Will, who do you have? Uh, I go Bills with this one. I don't think this is going to be that close of a game. 
I think Tyrod's still out too, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty safe with the Bills. Yeah, this is this is one of those games where it's kind of just a, I guess, not a throwaway game, but a game where you can just look and say, oh, they're going to win without even thinking on it. So, And they also were fantastic against the Dolphins last week, uh, so Buffalo should win, I think, pretty easily. Bills, it's a lock. Calling it down. That's all I need to say. All right, moving on. Colts at Dolphins. Another interesting one. Nick, who you got? Oh, man. Um... No, I, I really I really like the Dolphins. Um, I also really like the Colts, so that's where it gets tough to pick. The Colts are due for a win, uh, but I want to say the Dolphins are going to take it because uh, they had a tough, tough loss in overtime against the Raiders last week, and I think they're going to bounce back at home. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Will? Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, they're 0-3. I think they're due for a win. Um, and I, I don't think the Dolphins are very good without Tua. So I think the Colts are going to take it this week. I'm actually going to go Dolphins because Carson Wentz is playing on two sprained ankles, which, in case anyone forgot, is the max amount of sprained ankles that <laughs> you can have at one time. Also, the Dolphins, uh, you just mentioned this, Nick, just lost in a nail-biter with Las Vegas, which I think is one of the best teams in the league. And I love a backup quarterback showing out. So... I'm going to go with Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins for this one. Next up, we have another bad football game of Washington at Falcons. Will, who do you have? Uh, this is a tough one. I think I'm, I'm going to go Falcons. I think their offense is due for a little bit of an explosion. The Falcons are always good for one, like, 45-point game every year. I think this could be it. Uh, and I just don't trust Washington's offense. Uh, and their defense hasn't been as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, I agree with that, but I guess I don't know why I feel like Washington is due for a win. Maybe it's because I'm spiteful that the Giants just lost to the Falcons. Uh, but I'm going to give it to the football team here. I think the defense is due for a bounce-back game at least, or maybe rest of the season, because they really haven't been as good as they're supposed to be. Um, and I will stand by it. The Falcons are just not good enough. So I'm going to go to the football team on this one. Nick, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, Matt Ryan has is averaging 2.4 air yards per attempt. Uh, both teams are 1-2, and two, should probably both be 0-3. So like I said, not going to be a great game. But I do think you're right. This Washington defense is supposed to be playing better than they have been. And I think this is the game they finally show out, especially since an, against such an anemic offense in uh, the Falcons. Moving on, another tough game to pick, Seahawks at 49ers. Will, who are you taking in this one? I'm going to take the Seahawks just because I trust Russell Wilson more than I do Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I think they're, they're also one and two. The Seahawks need a win. They were supposed to be much better than that this week. Well, I like your reasoning, but I, I also think the, the Niners, after that loss to the, the Packers, they need a win as well. Um, I think the defense is going to get to, to maybe not to Russell Wilson directly because, of course, that guy can move, but uh, they're going to cause a lot of problems for Seattle. And I think, uh, I don't know, yeah, I, I just really like the 49ers. I think they have a chance to make a good playoff run, maybe not win at all, but I think they obviously need to pick up the wins for that. So with that said, I'm going to take the Niners. In my opinion, if the 49ers are going to make a playoff run, they're going to need to get healthy, which they are certainly not right now. And I think they're a little too banged up to win this game. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um, all right, moving 
on, which I think finally we've got some great football. Here we go. Cardinals at Rams, two of the undefeated teams and division rivals. Will, who are you taking in this one? Taking the Rams. Uh, they had a very convincing run against the Bucks last last week. I still think the Bucks are better than they should, but the Rams are very good. Good defense, Matthew Stafford can throw it all over the field. And I think Kyler's been a little bit overperforming this year so far, so I think the Rams are going to take it. Yeah, the Rams are legit. They're here to play. Um, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Stafford going to that team is one of the best moves I think that franchise has made, maybe ever. Uh, and like you said, well, the performance they put on against the Bucks last week, just really, really impressive. So I think they're coming away with the win. Listen, I am again doing this because I want to be bold and make a difference and make a statement. I'm going to go with the Cardinals on uh, this one, I think these two are, these are two of the best teams in football, along with the Bucks. I think they're the three best teams in football right now. The Rams just beat Tampa Bay, but I don't know if they're going to beat two of the three best teams in football back-to-back, back-to-back. Uh, Matthew Stafford I love, so please feel free to prove me wrong, but I love what this Cardinals team is doing. They're fun to watch. I, I Kyler Murray has been overperforming, but I think he overperforms for one more game. I'm going to go Cardinals on this one. Moving on, Steelers and Packers. Nick, who you got? Uh, the Packers. Uh, I, I've been, you know, I was that first week, the Packers were obviously atrocious, but I've been impressed with how they bounced back. I think they've showed they still are a really good team. Aaron Rodgers is not messing around. And the Steelers are reeling, uh, kind of like I said before. They're, they're in trouble, and maybe they're not as good as people think. So Green Bay's got this pretty easily, I think. Well... Yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay, too. I think their offense is just too good, and Pittsburgh just can't put up any points. I think it's a pretty easy one. I agree. Lock it up. Packers, all the way. The Packers, uh, they've been going up. The Steelers have been going down, and that's all. And this is a game of momentum. So, uh, almost done. Ravens at Broncos. Uh, Will, who you got in this one? Uh, I got the Ravens. I think a lot of people are... Uh, the Broncos are three now, but they've played some pretty poor opponents. So I, I'm going to go Ravens, I believe, in the park. Yeah, I, I would love to disagree, but I can't here. I think especially that, that last game against Detroit might have been a wake-up call for Lamar. Uh, barely sneaking by one of the worst teams in football is, is not MVP-level play. Um, so I think the Ravens will pick it up and kind of show, okay, we are still here. Listen, I thought their game against the Lions is a reason why they won't win. I mean, if Justin Tucker wasn't a god with the leg, with the, I don't even, with a scientifically created leg from a lab, then they would have lost that game to the Lions. And they, they could honestly be 0-3 right now if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hadn't fumbled late in the game uh, with the Chiefs. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to ride with Teddy Bridgewater in this one, and I'm going to go Broncos. And I'm going to skip over Sunday night game, and I'm going to quickly do Monday night football, Raiders at Chargers. Will, who you got in this one? This is a really good game. I think uh, Derek Carr's a little bit underrated, and I think the Raiders' offense has been just clicking recently. I'm, I'm going to go Raiders. Uh, hey, Nick? No. This is a really good game. It's tough. It's a lot of firepower on both offensive ends, and I, I'm going to disagree. Well, I think the Chargers are going to carry over the momentum. It was a phenomenal win against the Chiefs. Uh, Herbert is showing that he's should have been a giant if you were to come out to draft before, but that's a separate topic. Uh, I think, you know, I think the the dot the Dodgers, the, the Chargers are a very good team. I think they are they're showing that the Raiders as well, but at home for the Chargers too. I think they they have the advantage. 
Yeah, I'm gonna give this one to the Chargers too. We've been saying it all all episode that this is gonna be a shootout. And I love Justin Herbert. I think he's the future of NFL quarterbacks. And I'm gonna go with him on this one. And also the Chargers defense has been good too. So I think they're gonna they're gonna force uh Derek Hard make some passes. And again, I'm gonna take Justin Herbert. Now to close out our pick'em segment, I wanted to save the best for last. And I'm not just talking uh best matchup but also just just i mean this is literally one of the best games in the past five to ten years you look at the ticket sales and the projected viewer ratings i mean it's rivaling super bowls it's it is the most expensive nfl ticket uh in the category where an mvp returns to his former team since peyton manning returned to the colts in 2013 those tickets average 267 dollars these tickets are averaging over $1,000, just to give you an idea about how big uh, this matchup is going to be. I mean, it's, it is it is going to be huge. Uh, Will, you and me, buddy, we are we are Patriots fans uh, who are probably, I don't know, I don't know if you're as torn as I am in this one, but who are you taking in this game? I'm not really, I'm a little bit torn, but I got to roll with the goat. I'm going Tom Brady with this one. Um, ever since he left, I've been like a 50-50 fan, I'll have to admit it. <laughs> I've taken Same. the bucks in this game. <laughs> yeah. And Nick? Uh, yeah, I think you're crazy if you take the Pats. I don't care how big of a fan you are. Uh, there's no way Brady is walking into Foxborough and, and, and losing a game, I think. Uh, it's, it's very personal for him, as well as it probably is for Belichick and the rest of the, the Pats franchise. But the Bucks just have such a better team. Um, and it's a lot of a lot of pressure put on Mac Jones and the rest of that that Patriots squad to try and beat the defending champ. So the Bucks should win, I think, pretty easily. Here. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, Bill Belichick has never lost three consecutive home games. So how fitting that Mr. Thomas Edwin Patrick Brady Jr. will be the man to change that and in the process set the all-time passing record. That's my other pick for this game. I think he does it. In Foxborough, you literally can't write it up better than this. As Aaron Rodgers said in week three, in week three, how can you not get romantic about football? I think this is going to be no, no matter what the final score is. I think it's going to be a game for the ages. I hope somehow Bill Belichick is able to at least keep it close. I'm not really sure how close he'll be able to do, given his cast of characters behind him. But this is going to be a very exciting game, and I can't wait. To watch it, but I'm also taking the Bucks. And with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of NFL Friday. Along with Will DeFusca and Nick Feta, I'm Kelly Bright. We will see you guys next week. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.